Welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we love seeing you live every Thursday night on Facebook or on YouTube land. And remember, while the chats are hot, your chats may show up on the show. Um, and if you can't catch us live, always catch us in the replays or on your favorite podcasting app. You know me. My name is John Ruart, past master of the Patriot Lodge, number 1957. Glad to be here. Next up for his introduction, Robert Johnson. How's it going, buddy? It's going really well. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Uh, past master Waukegan Lodge, number 78 in uh, Waukegan, Illinois. Uh, and current uh, secretary pro tem there and then secretary... Uh, over at Space Novum Lodge, eleven eighty three in Libertyville, Illinois. No good deed goes unpunished. It's a true story. Awesome. Next up for his introduction, Jason Richards. How's it going, Jason? It's going good, John. How are you? Fantastic. Awesome. Oh, I'm supposed to talk. Who are you? My name is Jason Richards. I'm a past master of Vacation Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, and member of a couple other lodges, and really excited about this uh, this gorgeous uh, Lenormand deck that I that I Ooh, picked up shiny. last week um, with the flower of life inside the key. It's amazing. I had to show it off to everyone. If you're listening to the podcast later, you're missing out. Okay. Over to you. Awesome. And last but not least for his introduction... Still, Master Joe Martinez, Life Master in Perpetuity. Oh, hello! Oh, I was hello. reading. I was reading. reading. Hi, Joe Martinez. Yeah, still Worshipful Master for two more months. Woo! Um, of nice. with my lodge, Manassas Lodge, number one eighty-two <laughs> in Manassas, you Virginia. Know that by now, and all those things. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I think I started signing work emails with with my lodge in it because. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, could be here. All that stuff. Sweet. It's good to have a full house tonight. So let's get into a little bit of thanks for our patrons, because you guys are awesome. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a supporter of the show, head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable. So thanks again. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So Hashtag definitely a sponsor. Yes. As, a, as opposed to this, which is not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, but not a sponsor. Delicious and refreshing. Yes. yes. I think and everyone I think, has a different. I think Robert's got an espresso today. Yeah. I got a double espresso. Yeah. Mm. Espresso because I want them to sponsor. I would take them as a sponsor all day long. <laughs> Send it away. Yeah. Uh, one day, one day. Let's go to tarot card of the week. Since we're talking about book clubs today. Cool, let's, cool. Let's draw a card for Masonic book clubs. Oh. <laughs> so this was uh, a gift. So I have to, I want to give a shout out to uh, right worshipful brother, Mike Jarzebeck and his amazing, super smart, genius wife, Beth. Uh, they got this for me and they, they gave it to me out at uh, Masonic on Chicago. And um, this is the pulp tarot so think uh, it looks of, well used well maybe it is maybe it is. I, no, it's, sticky. <laughs> not yet i just took it out of the plastic literally um i shuffled it up while we were talking in the green room and so i'll pick a card 
Uh, all right. Okay, so it's kind of yeah. So not all the cards are like Ooh. you know pinups or anything. So this is the seven of cups. I like hmm. it. Uh, it's kind of appropriate, right? Because there's a magician on there, but it's magician esque. It's uh, so think about I like um, illusions, mm-hmm. ideas of grandeur, um, dreams, dreams, positive thinking, fantasy. Uh, Fantasy, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and not all those things are always good. Um, always a downside. Yeah. So, what do they say? Uh, be careful what you wish for, that kind of thing. And then, I think the other thing we mentioned is, uh, so you could say the seven of uh, cups. There's also a, an allusion here to uh, the magician, right? So the magician, the seven of cups kind of works for the magician in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, at least in, in correlations that, that I've kind of written down over the years. But anyway, yeah, really cool deck. Uh, check it out. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So let's talk about wishful thinking and inspiring others by book segueing into book clubs. Yes. So tonight we're going to talk about Masonic book clubs, why you should have one if you don't have one already, and how to run them. And I think this was inspired by the resounding success of Joe Martinez book club. So tell us uh, what inspired Manessa Lodge to, to kick one of these things off. Um. Yeah. So I think that... Um you know, cause I had two years and a lot of time to kill. So, you know, <laughs> what do I do? Let's read stuff. No, that's, that's not why. Uh, no, we've been doing it for a couple of years now. And uh, I think the primary reason, you know, understanding that each lodge is different. Each lodge has its own culture and its own personality. Um, there were a growing number of brothers who wanted to learn and discuss and, and read more about masonry. So we would have conversations at lodge um, about what types of books are good for new masons, what type of books are good for old masons and, and every age in between of Mason and the types of things that brothers wanted to learn more about and read. So um, it was definitely a consensus thing, which books we, we dipped into and the types of subjects that, the brothers wanted to, to talk about, I mean, there's a whole range of different flavors of Masonic books. You know, we all have our favorites. Um, so it's probably, Born in blood. Oh God. Um, hey, in fact, we, we talked about that, uh, in, in one of our book club sessions, um, the amazing research that is born in blood, but no, I think that's a, that's a good place to start. Like what types of books do you bring? Yeah. Where do you start? Masonic right. Book club? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's, if you're going to start with a book club, then you need to actually start with, consensus on what books you're going to read because you're not going to please everybody and there's mm-hmm. but there's a lot out there uh, it depends so. very much on the lodge membership and the membership of the folks who are interested 100 right? yeah for, for those who are interested in actually showing up kind of week after week or, or month after month depending on the periodicity like that's that's really where you have to start yeah it's really cool because we used to see this early on in, in a few, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago, I would see brothers post about this in Facebook groups and say, hey, we want more education in the lodge. And, you know, this is something we've been ranting about. It's the whole reason for the podcast. Here. Right. Exactly. And one of our frustrations has always been 
this idea that they say, hey, well, you want education. Uh, we can't do it at a stated meeting. Guys just won't stand for it. So let's put it, you know what? You're the lodge education officer. You do it on an off night and hey, maybe people will come out. <laughs> well, when there's something, nothing else going on. Right? Yeah. And the, and, the, and the crappy part about this is like, hey, man, that's a really great idea. But also you're telling me that now in addition to kind of like saying I can't do it on lodge night, you're telling me that I have to fight basically the same battle as an appendant body. Mm. You know, like, yeah, oh, come out an extra night, which is why I think Joe, Joe's approach to this. And I think it's, it was just a natural approach. Like it was probably a no brainer to do zooms. Well, to, to your point, it, the, no, the reason why we went to Zoom, and, and you're absolutely right. I remember seeing when, you know, when I first started uh, following Masonic groups on Facebook, hey, we're going to meet at the lodge, we're going to have pizza, and we're going to do book club, and we're going to discuss this and discuss that. And um, I think in today's day and age that another night out could be an issue for people. So, I mean, when we, when we decided to start doing this, um, this was after COVID. Um, you know, so everybody was back and hugging and smooching each other in the face and all that stuff. And, um, we decided early on that, why don't we do it on zoom and why don't we do it on an off night when we know we don't have anything. Um, so let me ask this much lower barrier of entry. I think this is, yeah, exactly, John. But I think this is really interesting too, where you said, you know, it's another night out and if it's post COVID, if there were people before that were like, Oh, lodge lodge contends with family family comes first and i'm usually not at lodge but even after covid somebody like myself who was forced basically i followed the protocols you know i did all the thing you know super right wingers will tell me that i was a sheep or whatever uh so i did all the things and uh i i didn't have any interactions and that woke me up to sort of like hey i'm missing out on a lot of stuff happening at home that i really enjoy and now the barrier to get out the door to another lodge meeting is even higher than it was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So the Zooms are like awesome, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but when we're on a Zoom call, like the world has been like totally chill with kids, like just running into the background and they're like, oh, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or in yeah. your case, you know, we got uh, uh, Athena who just is like, woo. <laughs> yes. Well, and they, that's, and that's they that's all part. contribute. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, the you're actually right. barks. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, she's sleeping right now with, uh, with mom, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we definitely have to incentivize people more to, to come to lodge. Right. So why, why make that a barrier to entry to have an hour, hour and a half discussion on, on a Masonic topic, right. That everybody's into. Um, and, and to your point, it's, make that barrier zero, right? You can stay home in your pajamas, pour yourself your favoriteest adult beverage and talk about masonry. And yeah. it works, you know, it's worked out quite well. And and I've joined and been parts of other, you know, other folks. I'm, you know, I definitely did not invent the Masonic book club concept. It's been around for a very long time, but lots of folks are doing it via zoom. And, you know, I think the biggest, coolest thing I've seen is number one, all of y'all at some point have been on it. Um, which is fun, but we get people from all over the country 
And we also lift that barrier that you don't absolutely have to be a master mason in your lodge to join book club, you know, because the conversation is open to everybody. So we get everybody. We get dudes, no bros, sisses. So another everything. another barrier barrier to entry. Had must you have had read the book? So yeah, so <laughs> so there's an interesting way to answer that question. So we chose books. Uh, let's see, we've been through four books, right, in two years. Um, we try not to compete with football season because nobody's going to sit on a Zoom on a Sunday night if they actually give a crap about football. So we try to do it off football season, um, you know, or holiday season. But um, we picked books that we can actually crush rather easily in three to four sessions. So they've not been, we're not reading Morals and Dogma. Um, you know, we're not reading the, uh, you know, the lesser key of Solomon, um, anything over 2000 pages is probably a bit too much for book club. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, sorry, but, uh, no, we've been knocking out books that we can, you can get through 20 or 30 pages in two weeks and have something tangible. I really liked it because one book that you guys covered that I think, you know, it's like I read, uh, cover to cover probably three or four years ago. And then I got to revisit it as, as I went through some of the chapters when you guys were doing uh, the last Wilmshurst book. And then I got, you guys started doing Lost Keys, right? And I was like, dude, that is super cool because I think Lost Keys of Freemasonry is a dope book to like break into chunks and discuss. Because that's what and it, it's, it's not like, a long book. It's not a long book. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, like a, it's an extended pamphlet. No, but like, huh. yeah, it's super super um uh accessible is i think what you guys were saying mm-hmm. yeah and i just want to take i just want to move aside on the conversation for a second because i'm watching the chat go by at least i am and i don't think any of the other gentlemen on the round table are we're not going to sit here and take big dumps on particular masonic authors that's not why we're here so while your comments are appreciated we're not dropping deuces on anybody so um Love the commentary and the feedback, but we're not going to opine on it. So um, thank you for your commentary. I mean, I stand by what I said about Mackie, but that's okay. Well, I'm not correcting you. I'm correcting How dare now. you? Until you write your <laughs> you are encyclopedia to your Freemasonry. <laughs> that is just like your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah, those are the guys who like minded the store. Mm-hmm. Where'd he go? I don't know. He dropped off. He's going to go brush up on his Maggie. He's going to go pull some books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not reading that in public. That is definitely not PG 13. Um, wow. Anyway, book club. So, so yeah. So to, to Robert's point, um, you know, we started with accessible books to, we had a lot of new Masons. Um, okay, good. Uh, and a lot of them were asking the question, what should I start reading? You guys talk about this. You talk about that. You talk about Hall. You talk about Wilmshurst. You know, we throw these names out, you know, among learned and erudite Masons, but, you know, these people don't know who they are. So we were like, well, hell, let's start reading them. And I think I even talked to you guys about it, which one we should do first. And the first book we chose was The Meaning of Masonry by Wilmshurst. Good Um, good one to start with. That is a fun book for a new Mason, right? Because it's not... It's not super flowy and adjectival like Pike. Um, yeah. And well, it's not long. That that book is interesting, right? Because it's like a collection of essays. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that, like, 
initiation by Wilmshurst. Would you consider that? Is that too long? Is that a good size book? What do you think? Uh, I, personally, I mean, we literally, after we read Meaning of Masonry in the first session of last year, we read Masonic Initiation for the second Oh, so, okay. okay, good. Yeah. So, so exactly to your point where you got this sampling of essays from Wilmshurst that somebody, you know, put into a, a bound volume. Um, here you had a coherent beginning, middle and end talking about initiation, but everybody loved it because they were already accustomed to Wilmshurst style of writing, you know, and the way he said things and the way he described things. So everybody dug it. I think we had more fun during that second book for last year than we did on the first one because it was new to people. So, but, um, but yeah, it was fun. And then, and then to your point, um, we, we, people wanted more of that. So, you know, I'm thinking turn of the century, somebody who really hates the way Freemasonry is right there. I'm like, Oh, let's talk to Manly P hall. And <laughs> see what he's got going on. But, um, like you said, lost keys again, is so accessible. Um, it's really only half of what you, if you buy a copy on Amazon or at the PRS, it's only half of the other one is extra essays that they shove in there, you know, to just, fill a book size um yeah. a book size worth of material so but again we kept it that was the goal it was make it small concise chunks that people wouldn't freak out about reading you know we're not right. going to make you read 60 pages right. um so 20 or 30 pages per session and the only rule we had was highlight or or earmark or bookmark one sentence or one thing you want to talk about um because we're going to ask you questions and Again, being in a Zoom environment, that was cool. You know, it's not like you're sitting around a room and people are staring at you. You can go off, do your thing. And then when you need to pay attention, you actually do. But we, every single person got to say something at every single book club that we did. So I like that too, because that is still effort, but not, you know, it, not a extremely high thing to achieve, right? Within two weeks, you can, you can find something, some little nugget that, you, that jumps out to you that you want to share. Yeah, absolutely. I think and the when we when we did it in 2022, which was all, you know, Wilmshurst year, um, we had to throw in extra sessions during the second book club when we were reading Masonic Initiation, because we literally would spend 90 minutes on a single page. <laughs> um, and people That's were like, awesome. oh, you know, and people bring in their opinions and their thoughts on it. And it's it's it exciting. It's like, right. Well, there are some guys who I'll post something on Facebook and I love their commentary but I don't get to talk to them face to face like ever. And like Robert from California, right? Uh, he kept coming on and dude is a super student of a lot of esoteric uh, thought. Um, and it was awesome to hear these guys talk about stuff and you just want to sit back and you're like, you're torn between, Hey, let's move on. Right. And I want to hear what this guy has going. to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that, that is a perfect, that's a perfect place to actually um, dial back into how do you run a book club? Uh, because, you know, as, as everybody knows, who has a large group of people that all want to say something, you have to facilitate them. You can't just, you know, say, Hey, we're uh, here for book club. And so what are, blabbering. So what are some tips for facilitation then? So I think, and, and I can only speak from my experience, um, but I defer to you beautiful gentleman on your experiences because i know john's facilitated many things and so has robert and jason if he ever decides to pay his internet bill he can tell us about that um it's uh you got to have a plan going into it right so you know for every single book that we read you know i i would always highlight a bunch of crap and 90 percent of it somebody else would have found that same nugget and wanted to talk about it so we made sure that number one everybody got to say 
Um, so if, cause you have the talkers, I'm a talker, right? If, if I'm not in charge of something, I will ramble for an hour. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Joe's a talker hashtag that, but, um, you have to have a plan to hit every single person, whether it was 10 people in that session or 30 people. I mean, we were hitting upwards of 30, 40 people on a really good night. Um, and they wouldn't stay for the whole time, but, um, yes, thank you. Sun card. Um, you have to have a plan to engage everybody. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want someone to sit there quiet the whole time because they're not going to come back and have a plan for how much you want to get through in those 20 or 30 pages that you assigned. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Okay. Oh, you, you may speak turn, now. I can turn the banner off. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely right. Um, have a plan. And, and again, just, just really like, listen, let's read the room. That's the big thing, right? Is to, um, be, especially with Zoom, right? You can tell people are like drifting off or are bored, right? Um, we had sleep. We had sleepy people. I remember we <laughs> screenshotted. But there were people that were they were sitting there listening, and their eyes would be closed, and you know they played off as they were meditating, but they were passed out. But it was awesome. <laughs> they came anyway. uh, I, I had a dude like that when I was growing up. Uh, sat in the back, the very last pew in church, and he'd prop his head against the wall and close <laughs> his eyes, and <laughs> you're like, you asleep? Nope. I'm just contemplating really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Contemplation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but you're absolutely right. So you got to read the room, make sure that, uh, this is still something that's worth their time and yours, right? You're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna let one guy just talk forever. You're going to make sure that it's balanced and you, for the people that are quiet, you, Hey, you know, RJ, what do you think? Because, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. What have you, what did you think? Mm -hmm. That sounds more like masonry than most Masonic functions. <laughs> uh, lots of well, people would is. say that. Lots Not of people wrong. would say that. I mean, I, I remember RJ was in a couple of sessions where people were like, this is the most masonry I've done in forever. And we're like, mm -hmm. well, damn, it's book club, dude. Like, get in your car. Well, the other the other huge thing there is obviously your lodge is full of like deeply knowledgeable esotericists, right? That have their own working alchemy labs in their house and everything nope. else, right? <laughs> nope. Well, how did you get such good uh, dialogue between the brethren that come from all different skill levels, from new masons to, you know, triple, quadruple past masters, right? Well, I, I think the big thing, um, and again, I don't want to speak about everybody's book clubs. Everybody does things their own way. I mean, I'm thinking of, I, I was just invited to one from, um, that's being run by uh, Alexandria Washington Lodge number 22. And they're, they're getting into, they've been doing Pike. So they're doing Esoterica, which I probably would not do in a book club, you know, just because my audience is different. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... Okay, sorry, I'm reading comments. Um, you gotta find material that people are going to be engaged in. So when we started the very first book club, I gave people choices. I was like, Hey, what do you want to read? Do you want to read something like Wilmshurst or do you want to read something, um, you know, like wait or this, I gave people choices the very first meeting we had. And I said, pick a book. Cause I'm going to buy 20 of them and I'm going to hand them out. And you guys are all coming to book club. And they did. And they picked Wilmshurst. So that's a really good question. Cause it did come up earlier about, uh, you know, well, what if I have to, what buy another book like i i can't barely afford my dues and this close to npd now i gotta buy a book too well, i got an idea 
Let's raise the dues by $10 and then everybody who wants to join the book club can get a book for free. <laughs> well, too, so we, we thought about that as well. And again, we didn't want to pick, you know, copies of Esoterica that are what $60, right? If you don't buy it from the Scottish Rite store or books that are out of print or, you know, we're not going to read the Franken manuscript for book club, you know? Um, but uh, I think every single book that we chose was you were able to download the PDF on the internet. Uh, Wilm Surst is, you know, Good. is no longer copyrighted, right? Um, it's, it's past the 75 years. Um, certain of Manley's books um, are also, you can download the PDF for free. So, and I think I even put that in the invites, like, hey, if you don't want to spend any money, here's a PDF. That's um, brilliant, by the way. I mean, I have to say, like, that's again, make it easy, make it simple. Like, hey, here's the PDF. Like, go have at it. We're not, we're not required you, you to- puberty? There was a, so the Illinois Lodge of Research recently adopted, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Illinois Lodge of Research recently adopted uh, having sort of a a coursework for Masons to go through. And it calls for them to read. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of history involved. It's totally voluntary and sort of correspondence-based internet correspondence-based uh, course that, that that's run by basically just one guy. And uh, he created it, and uh, our Lodge of Research thought it was worthwhile to put our name on it and make it available. So we did that. Uh, and it's a free course. And the thing that we really wanted to stress with it was exactly that. Every single resource that we use is available as a PDF Yep. Uh, freely on archive.org or whatever the case is. And that has made the world of difference, especially well, when go. we initially, yeah, when we initially uh, went to the Grand Lodge of Illinois, uh, they really didn't have kind of a, a um, the wherewithal to, to think about it or whatever. Uh, but they were like, hey, what's this going to cost members? What's this going to cost Grand Lodge? And we said, Nothing. Nothing. Free 99. It's free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that was that was huge. So, yeah, always great to make sure that uh, our resources are there and they're inexpensive. And, um, you know, if you can take the extra time to uh, OCR the text, if it hasn't been already, you know, provide that. That's OCR is, is pretty inexpensive these days. And most uh, most computers have pre-installed well, software to do that. I- to your point, and you guys had met all the people that, that joined our various book clubs, and they were of all shapes and sizes, all ages, young bros, old bros, middle-aged bros, everything in between. We had brothers that were reading it on audiobook, because they were all available on audiobook, and taking notes from stuff that they saw, you know, so they didn't have a physical copy in front of them. Audiobook, um, PDF, uh, I'm sorry, uh, video transcriptions on YouTube they were using. Um, so, I mean, everybody found what worked for them right. because those books were available in all of those formats. So, again, don't pick something that's really niche. And, and if I'm a slow reader, I right. can listen to the audiobook. Right. I can watch the YouTube video. Right. Or I could call up Joe and get him to read the book to me. Right. In, in a very sultry voice. You know, mm. That's yeah. where I'd fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What about the time a certain lodge decided to read the master's word and then as the final meeting for the book club they flew the authors out. I remember that. 
Who did that? That was kind of cool. They flew Wilmshurst out to the lodge from the grave. Oh. And it would be that actually was uh, that George was um, they, they yeah that was I know George Plummer they uh, they used that old necromancy it was pretty rad uh, Forge Master it was crazy exhumed, degree yeah. as long yeah. as it wasn't the that ye old necrophilia then we're good <laughs> <laughs> that was a good that was Long a good, podcast. Uh, good time though right <laughs> uh, it it was a good time and it was really cool and I think like. If you all read something like a Mason's Word or something like that, and you, you guys sock away a couple extra dollars throughout the year, or you take donations through the book club, or you guys maybe do a book club and you raise some dough, and you could do something like, you know, fly out past Grandmaster Bob Davis, right. talk about this awesome friggin' book that he put together that literally is on almost everybody's top no, top five Masonic books they should read. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, ha- or ha- some of them will even pop in on zoom. Like I was, right. uh, yeah. I spoke to, uh, Steve Harrison, you know, super prolific author, uh, illustrious brother, Steve Harrison, who y'all know, um, you know, about his, uh, DMLA work that he's done. I was like, the boys would love to have you. He's like, I'll pop in on zoom. And I was like, you know what? That's awesome. Yep. But so that's like a bonus yeah. thing. Like, cause you, you don't usually get that in other types of book clubs, right? You're not going to get, Tom Clancy. Well, you're not going to get him anymore either. Um, no, some other, weird. some other, mo- Dan Brown. you're not going to get Dan Brown to pop into your zoom chat, but you, you probably would get a brother uh, who's still alive that has written a couple books to pop in and share his insights and you ask the author. So that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what is the book not to miss? If you only had to do one, and I'm not saying like for beginners, so that's a good question. That is a really good question. And we could, I could be like totally crappy and be like, go back and watch the like five or six Masonic book. uh, (laughs) Go back and check episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a bunch of episodes in the backlog where we went through our, some of our favorite Masonic books, Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe, uh, but, but our favorite Masonic books might not necessarily be something that's appropriate for the book club format. Oh, that's true. True. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. I'll talk about that question. I already answered in the chat. So for Joe, it's lost keys by MPH. Yeah. And I've loved this book for, for years, years. I have like five different copies, but um, when I got to see new Masons read it and actually bring up stuff that I was like, Ooh, I knew that. Ooh, I got that. Ooh, you know, I'm on the same vibe as you are. And these were guys who I've not spoken about masonry with for a long time. Like, you know, they've been masons for less than a year, but when you got a brother, um, and you know, I will absolutely give them shout outs, brother, Sam, who's been a, uh, new Mason. He just became a Mason in the, in the spring, but he's been reading Manly P hall for 20 years you know, um, and now he's a Mason. So now he's starting that journey with Manly P Hall and looking at it in a different way than he did just being, uh, you know, just a regular. I, I got a, I got a man. I got a, you know, we got to talk to this guy. You got to talk to this guy, whatever we're going to do, because I am so curious about the experience of somebody who spends, I mean, you know, 20 years, that's a, that's a lifetime for some folks, uh-huh. uh, you know, studying, this kind of stuff and then coming in afterward did it live up to an expectation uh is it what you thought it was 
all of those things. Another show, probably. Oh my God. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. He, he, he is mind blowing the stuff he was coming out with. Cause again, you, you've got new Mason face on, right? So he's like, Oh, he doesn't know anything. He's a newbie. And he just said the most mind blowing things. And then conversely, you would have, um, I think the oldest person that was in our book club, 82 years old, brother, Bill, who Bill. has been a Mason for 40 years, never dipped his toe in any of this stuff. Never read Wilmshurst, never read Hall, never read Mac, you know, you know, just awesome Mason, but never got into the reading. And before, before he makes a comment, every single time he starts off with, well, I don't know about any of this esoteric stuff but <laughs> and then he says like he, amazing stuff right the most profound <laughs> stuff yeah like yeah. he got it i was like man did you go to school with manly p hall because you're that old but i mean it was <laughs> mind-blowing you know because it was like he gets it you know and it's it's it took him 40 years but he got there and he gets it and it's yeah. awesome you know yeah i will i will double down on and this is an easy out uh if i were to pick one like the one to start with, it would probably would be uh, the meaning of masonry by Wilmshurst only because, and here's why that it has enough of the, the ritual adherence, right? It says like, here's what these things mean, right? So it's coming from a familiar place and yet he's unapologetic on, and there's more, right? He says, why do we go through all I mean, I know Robert could probably cite the quote off top of his head, but basically that quote that says like, we have too many like symbols and rituals for this to just be a gentleman's club. Like there's much more to it than that. And it, it, it's, it kind of gives you that little bit of a door opening that lets people explore that there's more to this. And so it's not going full transcendental magic, right? It's, it's actually just dipping into, yeah, read, read it off to, to us, Robert. So space Novum, we have uh, bookmarks and uh, it says, it is absurd to think that a vast organization like Masonry was ordained merely to teach grown-up men of the world the symbolical meaning of a few simple builder's tools. Yeah. Boom. There it is. Right? So it's, it's not going all the way down the rabbit hole. It's just pointing the way. And I think that's it's a good way to, uh, to balance the familiar with something that, that, get, that gets gentlemen more curious. So that's, that's my choice. If I only had to pick one. So <clears throat> my choice. Oh, that's, that's tough. Um, I if want to go with book club, what would you pick? What? If you were running book club, what would be your book? Mason's words by Bob Davis. Ooh, good. Yes. One. Good. Yeah. Good it's call. between that and Freemasonry, A Journey Through Ritual and Symbol by Kirk McNulty. That's also a good one. But uh, so, no, because we spend so much emphasis in Lodge on perfection of the ritual and ritual practice. And when we spend so much time focusing on that, sometime our provincial masonry blinders come on and we think that the, the <sighs> ritual is the same everywhere and the ritual has always been the same. And so for me, it's very, very important to understand the ways the ritual has changed over the past 300 something years and the reasons for those changes. And I think Bob Davis does that incredibly well in that book. Good choice. 
that leaves you, Robert. And I know you look deep in thought. You guys, you guys named these these really <laughs> awesome, prolific books that I would probably pick. You know, like I really also love Lost Keys. I think it is a phenomenal book because of the way it's like kind of chunked out is like a a uh, an allegory, an anecdotal story. Then it like compares it to this part of masonry, then back to the allegory, then back to the masonry. And it goes back and forth. It's wonderful able to do that. Um, I was thinking about this and I thought like, you know, everybody, we even did a show on this particular book, The Alchemist. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the number one Ooh, translated yeah. book in the world. Yes. Um, it is accessible to everybody. I'm not the biggest fan of the book. However, I don't, what? I think it has, I think it has tremendous value. And uh, I think it does open up a lot of people in particular, both Masons and profane alike. If they haven't Correct. really thought about things like this to be able to uh, make it accessible, to get them to start to thinking. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, um, it's funny. It, w- there's a quote that I read somewhere. I can't re- remember who the, who the hell said it, but it was gosh, darn. It was something like uh, men can't think. Uh, they can't spend any time thinking about anything because everything is uh, like you're too busy with the menial tasks and thinking about merely existing. Mm. Right. And so when I think about books like the alchemist, like uh, the books you guys have all mentioned here, I'm thinking about books that like when you are present and you're turned on and you like read it and you comprehended what, like what was actually just said, you think, Oh shit, this is like, (laughs) this is actually like a profound thing. And like my mind was actually on and whoa, I'm resonating with some of this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I think that book does that very, fairly well. No, I wouldn't say yeah. better than any of the books you all have mentioned, sure. but, it's, it, but it's a good one. It's a good one to start with. Yeah. And so it's funny you say that. Cause um, uh, I'm just started mentoring a coworker at work and he hasn't read books in a while. And I cause it came up conversation, like what, what books are you currently reading? And, and I said, well, here's, here's one for you. And just throughout the alchemist, I said, it's, it's approachable. It's short. It's a good story. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's accessible to use the, to repeat the term we've been using all night, but also right. Read it as if, you know, it's an allegory and, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. And so that's certainly, that's a great one to start with. That's a great honorable mention. Yeah, that's a good one, Jose. Newton. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Which brother is. Jose. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, for our audio folks. Uh, Joseph Fort Newton's The Builders, which is sitting in every single Lodge library, having the, uh, you know, the 1945 edition, just sitting there collecting dust. And then no also that, that weird cardstock edition that came out that has like kind of a cool illustrated cover. Yes, and it's like falling apart every time. Did you, you guys ever watch? There was, like a, there was like a made-for-TV miniseries about the builders. Did you guys ever watch that? No, no. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it was it was worth watching. It's like a TMR watch party thing. Yeah, I think we need to do that. That sounds good. Okay, see if I can find it. So, and uh, I think it was starring um, the the do the. Um, Redheaded dude who was in the Fantastic Top. Beasts and How to Find Them. The um, Eddie Redman. Yes. See, Jason knows uh, pop culture better than I do. Uh, yeah. So he he was actually the protagonist, that like the apprentice that was working his way up in that book. So, ooh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Sorry to take us down that path. 
<laughs> so. uh, I was just talking about that awful miniseries with somebody in Lodge. We were talking about Dan Brown, and I'm like, don't watch that show. Like, <laughs> That's right, Skelly. You guys hate your haters. Pass. No. It was what okay. was worse? The lost symbol or the new national treasure? The new national treasure, hands down. New national treasure was, <laughs> yes, hands done. Down. It was true. Yes. But they didn't, they didn't pick up a second season. No, we're not going to know how it ends. Yeah, well. Oh, darn. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones. She, whatever. Uh, I, I liked the, the, the Dan Brown uh, Lost yes. Symbol adaptation. I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a fair amount of uh, sort of juxtaposition that I felt with uh, how they ended the series in the way the dialogue went, mm. yet they showed something different. Right. Uh. It was like, man, you could have went full blown esoteric on this, but they were just like the Bible. Uh, and i was like son of a gun (laughs) which translation yeah which one (laughs) (laughs) he's like the vulgate oh man (laughs) so uh so we talked about kind of the the do's are there any dotes right for setting up a masonic book club what would you avoid or how do you know when it's going bad that's the the real big question I would say just from people who have, you know, in, in the two years that, that I've done it and, and people, you know, I, I told them, um, you know, I, I will not be master next year. That is a absolute certainty. Um, there goes so the book club. Don't hashtag master oh, in perpetuity. Shut up. No, but people are like, oh. I still, still want to do this. And I'm like, I will absolutely keep doing it if y'all want. I mean, I have, it is such a fun time doing that. Um, you know, for those four or six, uh, Sundays. Um, so definitely, but, but, to answer your question, we'll get requests for books that are like, you know, like somebody brought up, let's do secret teaching. I'm like, absolutely not. That is not happening for book club. I'm like, that book club will take three years. Half the people will quit and we'll never get the book done because it's just, I was so the one who recommended that you were not the only one. There were other people that were like, why don't we do secret teachings? It'll be like a 40 part series. I'm like, cause it'll take a decade. I'm like, that's absurd. I you was know? joking. Yeah. But some people really wanted it. And I'm like, there's way too much and it gets way too out there for to be a concise discussion book. Right. And so exact, you know, to answer your question, John, you need to find books. Don't have books that you can't wrap a discussion around, you know, and probably don't have books that will probably engender arguments like we jokingly said, born in blood. Yeah. You know, probably not a good one to do because it's going to start fights because three quarters of the people there think it's absolute crap. Um, and the other 25% really want it to be true. And as a result, you're going to fight with them anyway. So, so remember your ratings next week are Psalms and Proverbs. <laughs> so make sure you come back with the discussion ready for those highly to favorite ones. Happy discussion. Nothing said. Could you imagine a, a, a Bible book club. <laughs> that would be, that'd be something. Let's read Leviticus. <laughs> Everyone bring one happy point that they got out of Leviticus. Circle your favorite law. <laughs> wow. That's going to be really hard, especially for a libertarian. <laughs> well, you know, he kind of had a point about the mixed fabrics. Sun card. Adam was a Mason only in um, the old charges. 
Or and no, the, the person's and, constitutions, the constitutions. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. No, in addition. Book, and the book M picked that up too. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of, a lot of early 18th century had Adam wearing a white apron instead of a fig leaf. So mm. yeah, totally. But yeah, no, you put it in the comments, Robert. Yeah. Those big books that are again, not discussion ready. If it's a book, you read two sentences right. and you got to put down and go to the bathroom and think about it for an hour. It's probably not good for book club. Right. That is, that's a good call. Any other don'ts, any other things you would avoid? I think again, one thing to, go back to reading the room right if you can tell the guys aren't getting it or they're they're dropping off right it might be just time to do a hard pivot I, and mike here's a question done. uh right like this is the new age of book club so we're able to do things like meeting on zoom and my first ever looking at a book club right was probably on some stupid uh sitcom or something and it was just like a bunch of moms sitting around right. the coffee table you know the golden girls or something talking about uh, s- sipping coffee talking about yeah. you know this some lovers book. feel special when right? i read this section yeah uh, <laughs> and i was like ah oh, that's lame you know i'm not gonna go do that and uh, the more i got into freemasonry the more i was like oh we should do this and it was really fun to go back and forth and to read things with people and then talk about it um and I guess one the, the, the thing I would ask is, uh, when when you do book club, uh, how important do you guys think it is to have the book club be like freeform versus like super rigid with an outline of the things that we have to go through? And is is there like a secret sauce in the middle there where like you got to ride the edge on both like should you always have expectations what do you guys think about it hmm. like when i say expectations right like sometimes you you'd be like you have to have read the stuff uh you have to do this you gotta like do you find that you know there's that oppositional sort of stance some people take but say well if it's not like relaxed enough i don't really want to do it I mean, I, I can only speak from experience and, and you guys, you know, most of you have experienced it with me. We had people that, you know, saw the post on Facebook or got the email and were like, I just want to see what you guys were talking about. And I love it. And I'm going to read the book. The very last one we just had on Sunday, we had a brother uh, from Alexandria who just saw this post for the last book club for this for this um, session and was trying to play catch up reading the whole damn book in, you know, 48 hours. Um, so... Yeah, I, I don't think you need to be rigid, but I, I think you do need to, and I'm not a planner like John is, um, obviously, and I'm not organized like some of you guys are, but I think you got to at least cover the material that you are talking about. We've had, we had lots of instances where people, you know, we read short books, you know, meaning of masonry, that's, you can knock that out in a day. You know, if you've got, you know, if your kids are in school or not um, clawing at you, you can get through that book in, in one bathroom sitting. And, um, that's that's where men go to be quiet and think <laughs> yes. is the restroom. Okay. That's why it takes so long, ladies. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think one big thing that I saw that that kind of was a negative was people would want to skip ahead. It's like, oh, I saw this in at the end of the book. And we're like, cool, man, we're on the first chapter. So save all that energy for two weeks from now, you know. So but don't kill enthusiasm in that same vein, right? Like people are jazzed about talking, you know, they spent all week like, Oh, I got this highlighted. I want to talk about it. So definitely nurture that, but don't, uh, you know, don't make it so rigid that you can't, you can't let everybody have fun. You know, again, I I think my biggest 
enjoyment that I got out of it was the participation. Just everybody wanted to talk and nobody, nobody didn't have anything to say. Everybody had something to say. So that leads me to another question, right? Like as far as negatives go, like how do you like resources, advice to people who want to be, you know, interlocutors or moderators, whatever you want to call it. Like, how do you, how do you moderate that to make sure that everybody can talk and like, how do you get somebody to go, Okay, Ted, yeah. you've taken can, up can your you, teach facilities. <laughs> you say yeah. that. Yeah. I'll say I mean, one, I, one I, easy thing that works for me, get a timer, right? I got a timer at my desk at all times and like, okay, have it sitting in the corner or something while you're talking, right? So people see it and they're, uh, they know that, hey, we're only on the Zoom for an hour. And uh, if you don't, then we're not we're not going to be here for five hours. I, I know we all love the book. We're not going to be here for five hours. So, well, to to your point, I, and I think it's I'm, I'm looking at you specifically, John, because I know you know how to facilitate conversations. It's it, it's kind of an art form, right? Like you, there's no book practice. Here how here's how you become a good facilitator for book club or for anything, right? You got to find those those natural pauses where you can cut off that person, yes. that Joe that's been talking for. Or the opposite's true, where like okay, who wants to talk about the book? And everyone's like, uh, what do I say? Uh, I don't, I read it, but I don't remember much. Like, so how do you pull the discussion out? Right. Cause no one wants to attend like a dead air meeting, right? right. You want to actually have some, some discussion. So when there's dead air, if there is dead air, how do you pull that out? And again, one thing that I love defaulting back to is Socratic questioning. If you haven't, if you haven't looked up that Google Socratic questioning, yes, like, like Socrates, and it will help you like explore and get people to answer non yes or no questions, right? How did this make you feel right if there? You can't just say yes, right? You, you know, you can't answer that in a very binary way. So it gets people to, to think, uh, what other alternatives, what else, you know, um, what else did you want to explore when you read this? Well, how did the, you know, um, what other, what other ideas might be going through the protagonist head as, as you were reading this chapter, right? So you can't just have a simple yes or no answer to some of those. That's something to, to try. Well, and you, you know, as well, it's, it's always good to, you know, even if you're the one running the book club and you're picking the book and you're assigning the homework and all that stuff, the more you can make it a conversation and not a, you know, I'm going to talk to John and then John's going to talk to the next person. And it's going to be a single person. The more you can get the guys to talk to each other, guys yeah. or gals, it, it goes so much better. Right. So you have people asking each other questions and letting right. the discussion move forward. Yeah, and not, and then at and, that point, mm, sorry, I was just going to say, you shut up and get the hell out of the way. You put yes. your microphone on mute and just let it happen. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You definitely want to uh, try to avoid the, the round robin. Okay. Now, Robert, you say something nice about this chapter. Okay. Joe, you say something nice about this chapter, right? You want to make sure that it always keeps moving and there's not one Sorry. person taking a conversation. I want to ask. So I don't know if he was joking or not. Jason, you said you just tell them to be quiet. <laughs> like, I was. No, I no, have no. done that. I have done that. And sometimes yeah. people get it. Sometimes In the most friendly manner. Yes. So there are. Like, again, I've done a lot of facilitation, you know, in my current job and, and in previous jobs, you know, there are, there are ways to, there are ways to encourage others to, to participate. Um, and there are ways to, you know, 
slightly discourage certain folks from over participating mm-hmm. is funny enough funny enough i did so i i did a facilitation a little while ago and i just got like my facilitator report and like one of the big things on there was like jason seemed impatient when certain people wanted to talk a lot more <laughs> i'm like oh really oh, was yeah. it that obvious right yeah so. well, see, shut see, up. jason the difference is here is like you can't just mute someone like you can on on tmr right yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. so now we're at i'm the, not uh, typing come on <laughs> your card shuffling was bothering me okay let's go to final question of the night uh this was inspired by some of the questions tonight does it have to be just books right we have masonic podcasts we have masonic youtube channels we have um masonic movies so um the the question for all of you tonight is uh would you be willing to open it up to those other types of masonic media and if so are there any thoughts that you would have about how to incorporate those into the book club format and i'll start with Robert Johnson for his thoughts. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, as a, again, um, the written word is, you know, like the first or one of the first ways that people were able to communicate things in a way that allowed a multitude of other people to hear the message, quote unquote, whatever it was you were writing, whether it was a story, a message, a philosophy, whatever. Um, and today we've got so many ways that we can do this, whether it's an audiobook, whether it's a movie or uh, even an MSA small pamphlet or, uh, you know, uh, an opera or whatever the case is. I think the value is in getting people to be present enough with each other to be able to share safely, feel safe because some people don't like to talk because they just feel like, Oh, like I think for the longest time, I didn't tell people like what bands I listened to. Cause I didn't want them to be like, Oh, that's lame. Right. And it's like, whatever. I like what I like. And the same is true for most people, right? They, they should just be comfortable enough to just talk about stuff. And I think in a Masonic sense, we embody that so much that it makes people feel safe and able to share and also being able to share with your brothers, like uh, by example. And so uh, finding that grouping of of brothers coming together, regardless of, you know, maybe you're watching the Freemason movie and uh, afterwards you guys want to get together and talk about everything you loved or didn't like about it uh, or the philosophies about alchemy or, or whatever the case is, right? People are thinking and they're engaging and they're moving their minds. And that's, that's like, maybe that's not the end goal of say some sort of conversation. Like you want to be this top tier, amazing intellectual discussion, but there has to be an entry. And so whatever that case is, right? Like just, merely getting somebody to to really think and talk even if it's yourself that's kind of why i like book clubs and things like that because it uh it it forces me to take action and to do the reading or to watch the thing or listen or whatever it is Uh, so it keeps me accountable 
accountable. I love it. Awesome. Thanks for yeah. sharing. Uh, Jason, you're up. Um, so I, I absolutely think that you can, you know, bring in other types of, of media into clubs, especially like there's, there's a, um, you know, a club that I, that I do with my Methodist church, um, where, you know, yes, we have a book, but then we also bring in podcast episodes and articles and blogs and things like that. And we, we kind of have more of a thematic structure than an actual, like, okay, we're going to go through the book and, and discuss the book. And so absolutely, you may, you may have to change the structure up a little bit, but at the same time, like, you know, content is content. And if you can discuss it and you can get value out of that discussion, then why wouldn't you do it? Because it's not a book, Jason. It's not a book. Uh, it's called a book club. What even club. is a book, right? That's just like your opinion, man. Joe. What? Uh, extracurricular media included yes okay um yes i think so and i think that um going back to uh, what everybody else said i think that no matter what the content is whether it's uh something you listen to or something you watch together or something you read together number one it's got to be accessible we've said that word about ten thousand times uh, during this episode, it's got to be able to capture the people that you want to participate with you. Right. And then the other big thing is that you have to be engaging and to, to Robert's point, make people feel like they want to participate. If they're spending their time to log into a zoom, I'm 90% confident that they have something that they want to say. You just got to be able to tease it out of them and just get that ball rolling. And once it starts, it'll keep going on its own and it'll be fun. And some of you had said it jokingly in the comments. Um, yeah, these are some of the most awesome moments I've had in masonry has been sitting in my jammies in this office on book club, uh, talking masonry with some dudes that, you know, and 50% of the time, the things they would say would surprise me or shock me because I'd never heard them say it in lodge before. So, um, Find something that you are passionate about and that you want to share with other people and start a club around it and get together and socialize. And uh, to make to make RJ feel better, um, I like all kinds of music. I will listen to 70s rock and I will also listen to 90s club music and I will sing that crap in my car with the window down. So I know I've been there. Yes. I don't joke, joke and match Barbara Streisand. Boom. <laughs> but can he do a convincing Celine Dion? I love Celine Close. Dion. That's my secret love. I've seen, I've seen him sing. I've seen him sing Great. to the most amazing. You're going to get the entire like back catalog of Celine sent to your house now, Joe. So <laughs> Heck yeah. Get ready for some Amazon packages. Man, how are we going to end? The, we end it. Look, that's the last comment we're going to get in the damn show. <laughs> hey, I like the board <laughs> You I know, mean, we that, started with a comment on Born in Blood. We're ending with a comment on Born in Blood. All comes together. So, As above, so below. And, and below is a Born in Blood, and above is a Pilgrim's Path. Oh, you guys. You can just do that. All right, let's let's do go. this. Let's get let's send these guys home. Absolutely. Ending. You know, one thing that I, uh, I, 
I've watched some Masonic movies. I watched some like Masonic adjacent movies. The first one that comes to mind, no kidding, was the movie, if you haven't seen it a couple years ago, As Above, So Below. So it's like a B-movie horror thriller takes place in the Paris cat- catacombs. And it absolutely has like hermetic teachings in this like like B-movie thriller movie. So definitely, I would love to just watch that and nerd out about that and what that means and some of the things that were hidden in there was a little Easter egg. Some of those, uh, I'm the guy, and I know some of you guys are too, that we watch a movie and we go straight to like IMDb's trivia section, right? When you want to learn all the little Easter eggs and stuff that's hidden in there, right? I want to discuss that, that kind of stuff because while it might not be in a book, it is certainly something that is worth exploring. It's worth getting some, some knowledge and some insights out of and then try to apply that. So absolutely those should all be included um whatever whatever gets people talking gets people sharing gets people working as um one sacred bond uh, of society so that's that's my two cents with that uh, i want to thank you all very much for watching see you next week and keep searching for more light a reading rainbow i can go anywhere to know and ways to grow a reading rainbow I can be anything Take a look, it's in a book A reading rainbow Have a good night Take a look, it's in a book Reading rainbow oh. Reading Rainbow. Rainbow.